1: Hi, I'm Megan Wong, comic artist, and you're listening to A Marvelist with Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson.
2: Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelist, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnickhausen.
0: And I'm Eddie Wilson. What he said.
2: And before we get into the usual rigmarole housing of today's episode, we want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, social media housing. Tell them housing. First off, go on Facebook at Facebook.com slash
0: The Marvelous. That's it.
2: (laughs) Go on Twitter and Instagram at The Marvelous. And also individually on the social media platforms. I'm on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Peter Melnick Podcaster. And then, of course, on Instagram and the Twitter machine at peter melnick but remember there is only one place in the whole wide worldwide interwebs to find mr e wilson and that is on instagram at eddie
0: 9193 and on top of that
2: listen to this show on a wide variety of streaming platforms itunes TuneIn radio stitcher radio podbean spotify etc etc we're on there listen available for all ios and android devices and of course we are on iTunes. We're in the great Steve Jobs multimedia platform, iTunes, in the podcasting section. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and on social media, share it. And let people know you're listening to this show. Five star if you're ever so inclined. Broken ice cream machines, whatever. McDonald's, ba up ba 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 But in addition, we are also available on Alexa, I think. I don't know. Maybe just say, hey, Alexa, play the Marvelous. And she's like... Okay, Ooh. exactly.
0: Now, Eddie. Peter, on an energy drink, it sounds like, or just the energy. You better you better believe it, because I'm getting ready for my running after all of this
2: is said and done for today. But before we do all of that, we are joined with another guest on the other end of the tin can and string. There is currently going on a Kickstarter pertaining to a professional wrestling comic book called Warhausen. And the person on the other end of the tin cannon
3: string is Jason Doring. Jason, how are you? I'm doing excellent on this Friday. Thank you guys again for having me.
0: I'd be exhausted after all that, Jason, just saying.
2: (laughs) But one of the things that's been going on in the world of social media is the Warhouse and Social Media Kickstarter. I believe you guys are on Kickstarter, correct? Yes. So the project right now, tell the folks at home what the Warhausen comic is?
3: The Warhausen comic is an officially licensed comic and endorsed comic of several of the most popular independent wrestlers in the United States today. Uh, first, there's Warhorse, the record-setting independent wrestling champion. Uh, he has set the record for the number of title defenses and length with the title. Uh, he's been a social media sensation for the last year. Uh, you know, just uh, taking names, ruling ass. He loves to say, and no swear. Uh, he's you know phenomenally talented guy, both uh, in the ring on the microphone. Uh, you can see all of his incredible promo compilations on YouTube on his Twitter page at JP Warhorse. Uh, right now, uh, due to the pandemic, he's moonlighting as Breezehorse, uh, soft rock radio DJ on one hundred two point five WHRA. Get out and. <laughs> And uh, it, it, that's been a really awesome uh, series that he's done. Uh, he also has a new IWTV show uh, where he picks five of the top uh, matches from various independent promotions. Uh, next up, uh, who Peter referenced, is Danhausen, who's recently been appearing uh, for Ring of Honor. Uh, he describes himself as if Conan O'Brien was possessed by a demon, and he's... Really, really savvy about his character. It's, it's something that really has honestly never been, been seen before in pro wrestling. Uh, he has an awesome Patreon where he has a review show, a cooking show, uh, in addition to his, his talents in the ring. Uh, fine, uh, third is Alley Cat, who you can see often uh, most notably in Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, she is one of the very few female deathmatch wrestlers. Uh, you can see her against uh, independent, some of the toughest independent uh, talent out there like Mance Warner, Nick Gage, and she's really uh, become one of the premier unsigned talents right now. Uh, finally, uh, from the core story, we have Mr. Impressive out on the West Coast. He's one half of the current SoCal Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions. He is the foil to all of these other characters. He's a very Silver Age, Batman-style character with a little bit of a sinister undertone. Um, His secret identity, which I've been uh, allowed to disclose, is Jeff Resnick of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, He's a mild-mannered color commentator for that promotion, which you can see on Fight TV. And uh, in one of the weirdest syndication schedules I've ever seen, but uh, you can catch it various places. And because we've smashed our stretch goal, we have uh, a backup story coming uh, featuring Dan the Dad, who is everyone's favorite dad on the independent scene. He loves to grill. Uh, He loves to have his coffee in the morning. He's a really, really fun character. Uh, Also making a quick uh, cameo in that backup story will be M.V. Young. Uh, this has just been confirmed the other day. Uh, the leader of the, the poly cult, uh, you know, very all about posit- body positivity, free expression. Uh, I'm hoping as if this Kickstarter continues to succeed, uh, M.V. will have a much bigger spot in the sequel. So, How fresh is... do you
2: think, oh, I have, I have to ask, how fresh do you think Dan the Dad's new balance are?
3: Oh, they're awesome. Gotta love the high tops. I mean, as someone who has plantar fasciitis and uh, and flat feet, uh, I respect the high tops quite a bit.
0: One word there: orthotics.
3: Yep, orthotics.
0: <laughs> Thank you. My wife's a had foot doctor.
3: For, yeah, had those for a very long time
0: mm-hmm. as a kid. Um,
3: but yeah, so it's 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 going really well. Um, I said we're at 192 percent funded. We're really trying to make this really special. It's. A loving homage to the larger in life aspects of wrestling. Uh, there's definitely a Zucker Abram Zucker influence. Uh, naked Gun, Airplane. Uh, you know, newer stuff like McGruber. Um, you know, Warhorse is the central star of the show, but uh, Dan Howes and Allie, Mr. Presser, all have really significant supporting roles. And uh, it's it's going to be something that's really true to their characters, and is a nice way for them. Uh, to keep their name out there beyond what they're already doing, as uh, unfortunately they're they're not able to wrestle right now. And one of the things that's been very
2: interesting in regards to all of this is the involvement of all these characters in a comic book. And one of the things about comic books that has the connection with pro wrestling is the -the over-the-top characters, the -the over-the-top personalities, and just the action in general. You know, because many people, including myself, go on saying that comic books and pro wrestling are pretty much synonymous with each other. How do you feel the Marvel fans, like such as myself, how do you feel this series would appeal to them?
3: I think it, it definitely appeals to a facet uh, of, the, of Marvel fans. Uh, I think on the Kickstarter, the, the series I most directly equate it to is Wenpool where you can always expect the most ludicrous thing possible to happen. Um, there's definitely I call it more more Gwenpool than Deadpool, although I'd say there's a little bit of influence there on both, because Gwenpool is a little bit more lighthearted. It doesn't quite take everything as seriously. There's a little bit it's not quite fourth wall breaking, but there's definitely, you know, people who realize, you know, we're we're having a lot of fun with this as opposed to Deadpool, which can kinda of go all over the spectrum. Mm. But if you really enjoy a really ludicrous sense of humor that comes from those types of series, I think it's something that would really appeal to that subset of Marvel fandom.
0: Eddie? Uh, I wasn't sure when you first started talking comic book if this has not been... Well, it's probably the um, more advanced progression over time of wrestling and comic book idea put together. I want to say there's some... Back trace in my memory that there's been a wrestling comic book before, but not to this degree. From what it sounds like, well, um, WCW. Yeah,
3: this isn't. I, I've always admitted in all in all the press I've done for this that this isn't a new idea. Um, there's a small press imprint called Cheeto Comics that does the LuchaVerse series. Um, that before Lucha Underground shut down, they did the official Lucha Underground comic book series. Uh, they've done one-shots with the Lucha Brothers, Rey Mysterio, Conan, Solar, Super Astro, Tye Blus Jr. But that's really been focused exclusively on the Lucha Libre subset of pro wrestling. And outside of they did do a Joey Ryan one-shot um, that was also funded through Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. But this is something I really want to give the kind of the more unsung, unsigned. Uh, out of the U.S. Indies, because even Joey Ryan, he's literally been on every professional wrestling program except for WWE and AEW. Uh, you know, Impact, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Wrestling Society X, Lucha Underground. So these are guys who haven't had a television presence. Uh, who I really think do capture a certain subculture uh, that hasn't been sufficiently represented in comics. I'm really happy to really bring that. Um, more alternative, more punk rock, more metal facet of pro wrestling uh,
2: to the forefront. And one of the things about this, uh, you you mentioned, by the way, the uh, Luchaverse comics. And, you know, shout out to a friend of the show, Kevin Kleinrock, who was heavily involved with those. There's very much a sense of the whole, you know, the pageantry, the costumes. And out of all of the Marvel characters, too, who would you want to see cross over with your Warhausen book from the Marvel Universe into Warhausen?
3: Ooh, that is a really good question because my favorite Marvel characters are pretty much the complete antithesis of uh, what Warhausen's about. It's just kind of funny because as a reader, I'm pretty much drawn to the opposite stories of what I like. I'm a huge, huge Daredevil fan. I'm a huge fan of, the, of Jessica Jones and even some of the Marvel cosmic stuff like Nova, I'm a huge Nova fan, Um, but I guess you could say some of the Guardians of the Galaxy, especially kind of the newer, more movie-influenced iteration of them, would be something that's really cool, because in Warhausen we do see kind of different planes of existence, different dimensions pop up, kind of a reinterpretation of of Heaven and Hell, I mean, even Doctor Strange would be a pretty neat crossover, so uh, one of the nice things I've always appreciated about the Marvel Universe is there really is something for, for everyone, and uh, the fact that I can pretty easily name some characters who would fit, even though I'm not, they're not uh, characters that are really at the forefront of my fandom, is, is pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. Eddie, I have to
2: state for the record, this is kind of funny because he named off some titles that are pretty much everything that I like. So it's like I'm interviewing myself right now.
0: <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm sitting back and just trying to absorb and learn and stuff.
2: Well, one of the things also, you know, you just mentioned the stuff like the uh, Street Vigilante characters. And. And, you know, in recent memory, uh, they've been, if thanks to uh, social media with, with the dank may-mays, Moon Knight has kind of been reinvented as a uh, meme-ish kind of superhero in the sense of, you know, hunting down Dracula for his money that he owes him. <laughs> and I think, I think uh, War Horse would be pretty damn good to help out in regards to Moon Knight's quest to get his money back.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Warhorse has portrayed Warhausen is definitely a mercenary character um, who I think would fit into into the way Moon Knight's being portrayed. Um, I like kind of the more wacky out there, not wacky, but like the more uh, psychedelic version of Moon Knight. Personally, but but definitely, uh, I agree that that version would be a really great fit for Warhorse. Um, and and Warhorse is, is definitely a character who's also kind of aspirational. I mean, one of the things that drew me to him was his, one of his early catchphrases, was, which was, others fight until they lose, but the war horse fights until his last breath. And, um, I mean, jumping over to a little bit of DC, there's a little bit of a Lobo influence there. Um, I, you know, just going outside of comics, kind of the old syndicated 90s shows like Lorenzo Lamas and, and Renegade um, that's uh, uh, was another influence on the development. If you bring up Airwolf, this will be like the best episode. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> but in regards to a lot of that stuff, there's just the sense of that over-the-topness of what pro wrestling is. And in addition to that, you have these kind of characters that just stand out. And one of the characters that was drawn to me, especially in all this, is Dan Housen who I feel would be Eddie Wilson's favorite wrestler of all time due to his stance on swearing. And (laughs) how much of that is incorporated in the story?
3: Yeah, Dan Housen is a very interesting character. Um, I I really portrayed him as uh, a wild card who's very unpredictable. Uh, There is an origin story for him. It's not necessarily a a canonical origin story, although he signed off on it um and he's someone who will definitely do the weirdest possible thing in any given situation um and he does have his own kind of unique attitude toward life which i think makes him a natural not even psychic but natural partner for for warhorse um you know characters who can get on each other's nerves but they still vibe in a very similar way um it, it you know uh, Warhorse is you know doesn't hesitate uh, to drop a big time swear in the middle of his uh, dialogue. Although he's he's PG 13 in this comic just so you know teenagers can read it and things like that. I try and make it as family friendly as possible. But Dan Danhausen for someone who is demonically possessed, uh, he doesn't drink alcohol. He doesn't swear. Um, he's very fascinated by human ritual and, and customs, and, uh, he, you know, he thinks, uh, you know, he just loves to needle people um, and, you know, just kind of be a, a kind of a Pee Wee kind of character, too, which is, which is pretty neat. So, um, I mean, and Dan, you know, I, I can't say, you know, enough nice things about Dan Housen. He's, a, he, he, you know... Very nice, very evil is is very apropos as far as his uh, his catchphrase goes.
0: <laughs> it sounds like a contradiction in terms. You said wanky, mm. and the first thing I thought of character-wise was somebody like, I don't know, speedball.
3: Yeah, maybe. I'm trying to think. There are some different X-Men characters that would fit. I mean, there's a little bit of modern... I want to say a little bit of modern Iceman in Denhausen where he doesn't completely take what's going on around him seriously. He's always kind of very about how can I, you know, play up my, you know, personality, especially when Iceman was written in his own run. He's like, what quip can I come up with? What's the weirdest way I can spin this really intense situation I'm in, Uh, which is also pretty cool. I mean, uh, Speedwell's a little bit of an X-Men deep dive. I'm not too familiar. Well, and New Warriors. I'm not super familiar with the New Warriors from that era outside of, uh, outside of civil war, um, which is, a you know, no, and my familiar with Nova, cause I brought him up earlier, comes more from, uh, the Abnet landing annihilation series and Thanos imperative, which is pretty much my favorite self-contained story ever. So oh, hell not, too, yeah. Yeah. So new war is a little bit of a blind spot.
2: And it's, it's kind of funny because we have characters like these in the Marvel universe. And it's, It's kind of cool to see that you can do so many different takes of these kind of characters, these different personalities, these different, how do you say, like, all of these different tones. And that's, again, one of the things about pro wrestling that is kind of cool to see, because you can have a super serious wrestler like a Daniel Bryan, or you can have a complete goof like a, you know, the woo-woo guy, Zack Ryder, and it all meshes together, And, you know, you mentioned storylines like Annihilation. Annihilation is in the same world where a character like Deadpool exists, where a character like Duped exists. And at one point, you're just like, again, it's like with the movies and stuff, where at one point when the Netflix series were considered canon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I I made a comment to uh, one of the actors from Daredevil. This is the same universe where something super serious like Jessica Jones or Daredevil exists. And then on the other end of the planet, or in the other end of the galaxy, you have Rocket Raccoon talking to group. Yeah. So it's kind of cool seeing that meshing of everything. Right. Danhausen exists in the same world as New Jack. Think about that yes. for a second.
3: Absolutely. And one of the reasons I wanted to really lead with these characters is I think they're really stretching the boundary of what professional wrestling could be, um, because I think there's certain people who have you know who I won't, you know, call out, who have very narrow perceptions of what pro wrestling can be, either on, you know, the sports entertainment spectrum or on the more serious uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan uh, pro wrestling spectrum, which even, um, you know, has stuff like, you know, DDT pro wrestling in Japan um, and Chikara in the U.S., and, which has always been very comic book-influenced, thanks to Mike Quackenbush. And, you know, we're seeing just kind of a really neat expansion of, of what it's capable of, and I really want to celebrate that. I mean, we're even seeing it with, you know, characters, again, like Dan the Dad and M.V. Young, who are characters who haven't really been done before. And the fact that we're seeing this level of originality in 2020 uh, from a sport that's existed since, you know, God knows, really, the 1920s, if you really want to go that far back, mm. it, it's pretty incredible.
2: One of the things in regards to the Kickstarter is the independent, it's like it's the whole aspect of getting to that goal. And you guys attain to that goal very easily. What are yeah. some of like, the tips that you would give to somebody out there who wants to do a Kickstarter and wants to get their product coming to fruition?
3: Yeah, so this is a very unique project because it's, the reason I, I feel it's had this immediate success is twofold. One, I think uh, the Warhausen fan base, Warhorse, Danhausen, Housen, uh, Alley Cat, um, you know, even Mr. Impressive on the West Coast, Dan the Dad, M V Young is they have an incredibly devoted, dedicated fan base who is just absolutely in love with everything they do. And I am extremely grateful to them. Uh, for letting me use their characters. I mean, they're really doing me a favor, helping me get uh, my name out there by using these characters who have built such a grassroots fan base. Um, and it, it's, I, I'm really happy that they're, they were happy with the story. Um, on the other end is, is higher phenomenal talent. Um, Megan Huang, who you guys are going to talk to later, um, I won't list off too much of her, her CV. I want to give her the time, but she's been published by IDW Image and Dark Horse all in the last month. Um, she came as a recommendation from an anthology collaborator of mine who goes by Fellhound, um, and you know she, her. A lot of the initial hype for this came off the artwork, and the wrestlers themselves were blown away by the by the art that Megan produced. Uh, it you know they were you know going crazy and were thrilled with it on social media, which really helped um my cover artist Lauren uh, Moran has had has an incredible reputation within professional wrestling uh both as an illustrator within the within that space uh she's done some work for WWE and AEW for licensed apparel. I know she worked on the WWE Tops trading card set um and she's also done a lot of illustrations that went viral uh the bloody Becky Lynch uh photo that went uh, uh, print that went viral. That that was Lauren's. Um, and Lauren mentioned to me that she wanted one of her goals for the next couple of years were to be in a comic cover, and it just seemed like a perfect uh, you know, convergence of opportunity for both of us. Um, I retweeted her recent uh, birthday John Cena sketch, which is also amazing. Um, so I recommend checking out uh, the Red Bubble there. Um, I also hired uh, a letter uh, Rob Jones, an Ashcan Award winner. He's done work for Image, Humanoids, a ton of uh, UK based small press companies. Uh, he was a recommendation uh, uh, from the Boston Comics Roundtable that I'm an active member of, uh, which I've appreciated. So, just to sum up, I mean, and uh, not everyone has this ability. It's just, you know, leverage an existing fan base and have the resources to bring on just this elite level of talent. Um, I guess. I did a book before this um, on Kickstarter called The Naked Eye. It's on Comixology now, where I had a prolific uh, Italian artist named Beniamino Del Delvecchio, um, really well-known in the Italian comics community, uh, Saad Sherry, another one of the just incredible amount of talent coming out of the Ontario, Toronto, Ontario area right now. Uh, Megan's from Toronto as well. And that book only did about $3,000 total on 76 backers, and I really had to hustle for those 76 backers. Um, I guess one of the things you want to do is, you know, if you don't have a pre-existing fan base, set realistic expectations for yourself. Get as much done as you can, um, you know, as possible. And uh, just network, you know, within your existing comics community as much as possible to spread the word. Um, This project wouldn't have been possible, uh, again, without, you know, aggressive... Uh, you know, social media presence, both from myself, from the wrestlers, from the other talent, and um, you know, just networking. You know, with the with the editors I know, the the members of the comics community I know. It's 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 in, an incredible amount of of hard work. Um, a great book I would recommend is uh, from Madeline, Madeline Holly Rosing. Uh, she wrote a book about breaking into Kickstarter. Um, she did Boston Metaphysical Society for source Sourcepoint Press, which started as a Kickstarter book and uh, that's really been extremely helpful. That was a really helpful guide when I was just starting out on how to market, how to budget, how to set expectations, how to make deliveries. So, um, yeah, Madeline was a, was a super huge help to me as well.
2: And as we speak, by the way, I'm currently on my comiXology account, and I just purchased the Naked Eye issue number one. So <laughs> Thank you. You're I
3: appreciate welcome. that. And yeah, that was a passion one- project. It took me ten years to make that book.
2: <laughs> get I'll out be there. reading it tonight and hopefully that will not take me ten years to read. But <laughs> No, it uh, won't.
3: Um, I love that Twitter uh, that tweet I can't remember its name, I really should find it. Uh, comics take a long time to make, read them slower. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's funny because it's funny because in comics, you know,
2: there's a lot of guys out there who will do their damnedest to get noticed and you have you have to do something to catch the attention of publishers and just the fans in general, you know? Absolutely. And one of the little things I always go with is the uh, wrestler uh, Adam Pearce's, you know, life mantra of work hard, treat people fairly, earn respect. And there's a lot of people in the comic book community that I've met that bust their ass, and they, you know, I realize, no swearing, but he, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people out there that do that stuff, and they get to that top level and... It's cool to see.
3: Yeah, I I've been extremely blessed um, to to work with the talent I have. Um, Megan is incredible. You know her her hustle and hard work is incredible. Um, she's juggling so many projects, and um, you know the fact that she agreed and was excited to do Warhausen uh, was something that was that was really really thrilling to me. Uh, Benjamino who did I did Naked Eye with, uh, I mean he's 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 taking every commission he can uh, filling up his schedule. Um, I mean, I know people, uh, locally in Boston, um, Jordan Gibson, uh, Beth Barnett, um, all have been, you know, really supportive of my work. They have their own awesome work, uh, that they do. Um, I would recommend, uh, for Beth, uh, checking out Dreamers of the Day. Um, it might be nominated for a Ringo Award. Check that out. And, uh, and Jordan, uh, really prolific artist, has done work for Marvel. I know he worked on, uh, I think, Dial H for Hero. Uh, He's also done uh, cover work for uh, Boom Studios for the Power Rangers series over there. Um, He's done some, I think he's done some, Jordan's done some Howard the Duck work too. Um, And just locally, uh, you know, everyone in my local group, uh, Shelly Periline, Braden Lamb, uh, who've done some of the Adventure Time comics as well as, Tons of other stuff. Uh, Kurt Ankeny, who I know is a great letter, great artist. He just had a book come out. Uh, Dirk Teed, who raised uh, $18,000 on Kickstarter uh, to, re- to remaster his anime series, Paradigm Shift. Um, all of these guys are just, you know, go, go, go. You know, m- you know never stop. Um, even Rennie Gisanis, um, who is... Uh, doing a webcomic called Kate Blast. Uh, this was going to be her big coming out, um, so I wanted to plug her. And, oh, I actually forgot, um, as far as who I know who work hard, uh, I actually had the interior artist for Silk and Gwenpool, uh, Irene Strachowski, do a variant cover for Naked Eye, and I was thrilled that she was able to, to do that um, because she's working on a, on a giant creator on book called Fiendish right now that's just going to, just, I think, blow everybody away. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm in a, a fortunate position that I can really go out and network and get with the A-list, and um, I, I know I'm, I'm really, really fortunate and lucky in that regard, so um, that's been really cool on this comics journey.
2: And what's your secret origin, by the way, with all of this in regards to the getting into comics? Like, What was the book that made you fall in love, and what's like, you know, your biggest influence in terms of like a creator that you've seen and you're just like, I want to be like them?
3: Sure. Um, So it's interesting. Uh, I didn't get to comics until relatively late. Um, I would say my mid-20s. I mean, in middle school, I read all the Star Wars Dark Horse comics because I was a big time uh, X-Wing fan uh, back in the day. I'm still a fan of the old Expanded Universe. It's still my personal canon, although I love the new series. Um, But anyway, I'm going off topic. Mm -hmm. Um, So I discovered, it's funny, my brother uh, worked for a marketing agency that did marketing for the Spirit movie uh, that Frank Miller did, and that made me reach out, I was like, oh, you know, this is an interesting, you know, part of comics history, you know, Will Iser, he started, you know, way back, you know, in the golden age, let's check this out, and I, that brought me to Darwin Cook's series uh, that he did for DC on The Spirit, and that really, I think, influenced totally the comics I wanted to do, kind of these madcap fun Fun at you know kind of adventure serial style comics, uh, Dave Stevens and Mark Wade and the layer stuff with the Rocketeer. Um, I'm you know I'm staring at a bunch of uh, you know unique Rocket uh, original Rocketeer art right now um, in my office. Uh, that's huge, you know all this you know kind of swashbuckling, freewheeling type stuff. And as far as I, know, I just lost. I was going to say, oh yeah, exactly. Speaking of the freewheeling, Mark Wade, Chris Somni on Daredevil—that I think really cemented, uh, you know, my love for the genre. It made me go back and and read the Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev series, which I think is a high point. Um, And again, the uh, the Abnett Lanning Guardians and Nova series were were huge. Um, And as far as getting into and becoming a creator myself, there's actually a pro wrestling origin to that too. Ah, uh, because former pro wrestling guerrilla um, wrestler Scott Lost and uh, his co-collaborator uh, Eberenson, who's also my script editor on my series, uh, puts out uh, a book called *The Second Shift*, um, which is about uh, superheroes who work night, uh, day jobs—you know, part-time day jobs, scraping by. Um, it's it's a very uh, very well done series, and seeing Scott's success in crowdfunding and doing it on his own was a major inspiration for me to uh, to, to, to take my own leap. And Scott's someone who's been a really appreciative source, uh, a, a source of advice I've really appreciated uh, these past few years, both when I was getting Naked Eye off the ground and also when I'm getting uh, Warhausen off the ground as well. So um, big thanks to Scott. Big thanks to uh, Ebranson, uh, Mr. Excitement, uh, because he... Uh, after I had a couple of initial bad experiences with an editor, he really kind of got me back on track as, as my editor and uh, helped me get these stories out into the world. Um, as far as other influences, like I said, I mean, my influences are pretty much the opposite of what I actually write. Um, like, you know, I love, you know, Bendis Daredevil. Wade Daredevil was great. Uh, art, I mean, I'm obsessed with Chris Somney's art. Um, someone who I'm really enjoying a lot recently is, uh, I, I'm probably going to, get his name wrong is uh Jeff Lemire uh on Moon Knight on uh his image series Ascender and as well as I know he did something else that was really great um for Marvel but I'm blanking but uh yeah so Jeff Lemire is someone I've really been reading uh a lot of um I just finished Why the Last Man from Brian K Vaughan uh which is really cool uh really fully realized world which I thought was really awesome Currently, um, one of the pieces that I thought was really good as far as current Marvel the old man Quill from Ethan Sachs and uh, Robert Gill, who, uh, who lives locally to me. I think that's one of the best, most underrated series Marvel's put out. Um, big fan of uh, the old man universe. Um, and Greg Pak's Magneto Testament, I think, a, because it was put out by Marvel, uh, a lot of people slept on it. I think it really is a high point in terms of what comics can be, in terms of in terms of high art.
2: And by the way, you mentioned uh, Jeff Lemire. Some of his stuff, the independent stuff he worked on right before his work at Marvel and DC, I cannot recommend enough: uh, Essex County and uh, mm-hmm. Lost Dogs. If you have not read either of those, you need to. Nope. Essex County. No, I like, haven't. I'll check
3: those out for sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's like a three book series and. It's very Canadian. That's all I can say. It's mm-hmm. very, very Canadian. So much so, you'll be wanting to listen to some, you know, uh, Getty Lee, some
0: uh, Brian Adams. Another
2: band. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. From We're Canada. Like good Saga. Um,
0: <laughs> Come on, I'm helping it's, you out here.
3: Tragically of, hip. There we
2: go. Tragically hip.
3: You <sighs> get very Canadian things. If you've seen Kenny Omega's AEW music video for his theme music, it, is, it was by Little V Mills. It is literally the most Canadian thing I have ever seen. I and I it, it, and it's it's as far as music goes. It, it's it's pretty it's pretty great in that regard.
2: And there's just like I said, you know, it's kind of funny to see where we have all of these backdoor entrances into getting into our fandoms of stuff. You know, and like myself, I never thought I'd you know be talking comics and stuff like that. Never wildest dreams thought I'd be doing that, but. Because of that interest and because of that whole, you know, when I go to a comic shop, I just cannot shut up in front of, you know, the staff. It's one of those, you just got to, you got to take chances, you know, and like, I would imagine, you know, when you approached, you know, some of these wrestlers for this, you were like, eh, they might say no, but it's also the aspect of, oh, well, who cares? You know, at least I gave it a shot, you know?
3: Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, this literally, this idea literally popped into my head after I watched a YouTube video of Dan Housen with uh, another uh, really popular wrestler, RJ City. He does a, a web series called oh, RJ City. Does, he does coffee in his, uh, makes coffee in his underwear, and I was like, this is great. I've never seen any character like Dan Housen. And then I was literally dropping my son off at preschool when I was like, oh man, I have to make a comic of this person. And this is gonna be something that's gonna be great for all of us if I can pull this off. And uh, luckily, I mean, uh, Dan, House, Warhorse 2, Allie, all of them, you know, sweetest guys and girls, super enthusiastic, um, really supportive this whole way through. Um, and uh, I think they're they're really psyched to see to see this uh, go over the finish line and get brought to life. We're hoping for a, a summer release date on
2: that. So. By the way, you're saying... You mentioned uh, R.J. City. I would love to see something with R.J. City, like an R.J. City comic book. You know, maybe he could be fighting his arch-nemesis, acquaintance of the show, Mark Ruffalo. And, (laughs) you know, it it breaks my heart every time I see him trashing Ruffalo on Twitter. Just, it breaks my heart, Uh, because they they should be good friends. But (laughs) on top of that, there's the the whole... uh, just That's, again, all of these characters in pro wrestling that you would never expect to see. R.J. City is also... Like a talk show host kind of wrestler, and
3: oh, absolutely, he's um, he's like, he's a kind of, a, I think, a, an evolution of Colt Cabana a little bit. Um, I mean, that old school like Catskills comedy style with kind of a retro influence. Um, I mean, RJ I think is hilarious. I'd I'd love to do something with him. I I have a short list of of definitely of people I want to to pitch to once Warhausen is done and out the door. I mean, people like Alex Hammerstone and. Uh, I mentioned M.V. Young earlier, Mance Warner, um, Team C-Stars, Ashley Vox, Delmi Exo, Veda Scott. Um, I mean, these are all, you know, Speedball Mike Bailey. These are all, you know, people who I think, you know, have a really nice fit in specific comic genres. And it would be really easy to craft kind of unique worlds around them that also fit their personalities.
2: And, you know, one, one more little thing. You mentioned the whole, you know, Catswell-style comedian of R.J., I've lovingly called him the Jerry Lewis of pro wrestling. And it's, <laughs> it's definitely spot on, especially because he can do the, Flavin, nice lady. So mm-hmm. he's got that going for yep. him, too. So now before we wrap this part of the episode up, how can people get a hold of you on social media and also contribute to the Kickstarter? Which, when does that end, by
3: the way? It ends May 14th.
2: All right, so we'll have plenty of time to get that up there.
3: Yeah, so uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Comic Warhausen. Warhausen is spelled uh, W-A-R-H-A-U-S-E-N. And I'll uh, plug everybody. Um, again, hire Megan and Rob. They're fantastic. Um, hire Benyamino. Everybody I've worked with before. They all have my highest recommendation. Um, Lauren Moran, uh, you know, I really can't speak enough about how, you know, sweet, talented she is. Uh, she has a Redbubble store. Check that out. Uh, naked Eye Comic. If you want to see what my work uh, already is, um, you know Naked Naked Eye on Comicsology, and uh, I'm trying to think what else we can do as far as social media. Uh, i Jason D is my personal social media. Uh, you'll get a lot of cute pictures of wolves, uh, a lot of soccer talk, a lot of wrestling talk. <laughs> Um, you know, environment. I'm a bit of an environmentalist, so anything about you know preservation, things like that. So if you just want to hear about Warhausen, at Comic Warhausen, and I believe. Oh, and um, yeah, I believe that is it. Um, if you want to support the wrestlers, uh, now that I remember, uh, Warhorse Alley Cat have PWT stores for wrestling tees. Danhausen has an incredibly popular Patreon. Um, Ali also has a big cartel. Dan the Dad has a big cartel. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else they all have. Um, them. I mean, they have a ton of you know really cool merchandise. They're some of the most creative people I've met. Um, there's really like you said, huge overlap between wrestling, comics, any other kind of uh, creative arts medium in terms of you know the the thinking and uh, you know the out of the box thinking that's required. So. Um, yeah, just support independent wrestling. Support, um, you know, support your local comic shop, um, especially now. So, and again, uh, you know, Peter Eddie, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, enjoy talking with Megan. She's wonderful.
0: A lot of good stuff there, Jason Doring. Thank you very much for your time. And good luck. All right. thank you. Good luck with the show.
2: Now coming up next, Megan Wong. Megan. Good afternoon.
1: Hey, how are you guys doing?
0: Good to talk to you, it's Megan. Good. Thanks. <laughs> now,
2: what is your involvement with the Warhausen comic book?
1: I'm the artist, uh, uh, the interior artist, and variant cover artist on the on the comic. Yeah. Um, so I do everything from the pencils, well, I call them roughs, and then all the way up to the colors, uh, and then everything except for the letters basically.
2: When, when you just mentioned the colors and whatnot, what is your favorite part about doing the colors?
1: Um, uh, I think when I get to the point where I can really flesh out the lighting, uh, it brings the, the, the art to life, and which is like the final step, but, but it, I think it's my favorite uh, part to like, actually see it all come together in, on the page.
2: Do you do uh, digital or
1: physical color? Oh, uh, digital for sure. Like I've been doing that since um, since college, I think. So it's been for a while and I I haven't really learned any other way. So if like the internet ceased to exist like, or like um, computers ceased to have power then I'd be in trouble. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we were told by Jason you got like a lot of your work published. I saw you know you're doing, you've done stuff with uh, Dark Horse and I believe uh, mm-hmm. DC as well, or no IDW. Sorry IDW.
1: Yeah, I wish DC, but <laughs> um, IDW. I did like a backup for the comic Jenica, which is I think a sh- like her own mini series. Um, uh, she's like a the fifth member of the turtles uh, and. Uh, for Dark Horse, I did my first, like, full graphic novel, which I did everything down to the colors again, um, with um, Dark Horse head Mike Richardson. So that's pretty cool uh, as a writer.
2: <laughs> and, you know, with the Dark Horse thing, what is it like being able to say that you've done something for a company like that? You know, especially, like, how long have you been into your career so far?
1: Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm still really new, but... Um, I think I'm, like, making, like, really quick progress, not to, like, too blame the word or something, but, uh, but I, I think I'm, like, actually, I, I've just gotten lucky a lot, and um, I've been making, like, really great connections with really great people, and everyone's been so friendly and helpful and, like, supportive. Um, and to work with Dark Horse was really sudden, because uh, it, like, happened on my birthday when they reached out, and um, which is a great birthday surprise. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, it was really cool just to kind of, like, have that happen just suddenly and, and get to work with a publisher I'd been trying to, like, get into for a while, for sure.
0: Was there a certain—I'm I'm guessing there was, Megan, a certain point in your earlier life where— you said, "Oh, this is what I want to do," and it's because I read or saw this comic book, possibly, or you know, what was what was the thing that turned the light bulb on, so to speak?
1: Um, I knew I wanted to get into art. I didn't know what art I wanted to do. There's so much. Like, like a lot of people will confuse animation and illustrations. They're like, "Oh, so you're in animation," <laughs> which is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I had that same confusion at the beginning where I was like graphic design, illustration, animation, same thing. Um, but I think I finally decided. I'm not really sure what it was. I decided I wanted to be a comic artist. After um, I think I had a friend, and she was like really into comics, and, and she sh- showed me like The Walking Dead and some of Jim. And I and then I bought some of Jim Lee's books, um, uh, and uh, which were Justice League books. And and from there I like, you know, I. I I, I decided that I wanted to, you know, become a comic artist and
2: I think I and, do believe I know when yeah. you came into uh because right when you just said the Jim Lee Justice League, that's uh two thousand eleven. Yeah. And that's around the time I myself got back into comics as well. So it's like it's cool seeing that era of comics is like the uh the Kickstarter, pun intended, for a lot of us in the field of comics.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah uh I, I, you know, I watched the cartoons when I was little. I never read any of the comics. I, I you know, I watched Batman Beyond. I watched the Batman animated series and all the Justice League shows and and Avengers and all that. Um, and then, yeah, it, it was definitely 2011, which was when I was in high school. Uh, and then that's when I got into comics.
0: Yeah. Are there any favorites that you have, characters or titles?
1: Um. Not from, like, uh, Marvel or DC, but I'm a huge Image fan, like, right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, from DC, it would be, like, Batman is a go-to, for sure. Uh, Marvel, um, I think Spider-Gwen. And then uh, from Image, I really love, you know, Glory from Death or Glory, because Bengal is my favorite artist.
2: (laughs) It's kind of funny, because, like, Image is the... Image is the big dog in a lot of ways of comics right now because every, almost every single title they're putting out is a knockout, you know? And it's been kind of that Mm -hmm. way since I want to say 2008, 2009, 2010-ish. You know, because you have stuff Mm -hmm. like Saga. um, Oh, yeah. Anything that uh, Ed Brubaker right now does especially. And, Mm -hmm. again, just so many different titles. I realize I'm just naming two, but I digress. (laughs) But it's... (laughs) No, you're good. It's kind of crazy seeing that, you know, it's, it's a cool yeah. time to be a fan of a lot of this stuff.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, they're, they're like, that's, <laughs> I realized after, um, another podcast reached out to me, just not for a podcast interview, but they, they asked me for, like, a list of, you know, stuff I'm reading so they could do a new-to-you comic book day kind of, kind of promotion kind of thing. And, uh... I realized that on my list, everything was from image. I was like, oh, well, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing
2: <laughs> at all. Do you see yourself potentially working down the line one day for like a creator-owned title for them?
1: Um, yeah, hopefully. Um, uh, some of my friends are, are doing stuff for them, so maybe like they'll throw me a boat or something mm-hmm. one day. Um, but yeah, I have a uh, few things with Dark Horse, which I'm pretty... Um, happy with in the meantime, though. While well, while well, the image thing comes later, yeah.
2: And in regards to the uh, warhouse and comic, how did this mm-hmm. come about?
1: Um, well, a mutual kind of friend of ours, of Jason's mine. Um, she couldn't do it, so she reached out to me and she was like, "Hey, do you have time to do this book?" And I said yes. <laughs> and so from there, we kind of just. You know, discuss what it would be about and, like, uh, what my role would be um, based on, like, like how the indie rates, like, he could offer and everything. And, and like, I think it worked out pretty well. Um, it was, a, like, a really great team and a really great, like, setup that we, that we have, I think.
2: And with all of this, did you end up – were you a fan beforehand of this kind of stuff, like, the pro wrestling stuff? Or did you, you know, just come in blind and you're like, oh, well, I'll learn what it is eventually, you know, like as we're doing this.
1: Um, uh, my, I saw my sister watching it and I thought that was weird, um, because like none of us in in, in my in my house before um, uh, watched pro wrestling, so the only pro wrestling I knew of was like The Rock, but because of like Jumanji and stuff, uh, uh so. I, I have learned, uh, I think, quite a bit uh, about pro wrestling and, and indie wrestling from from working on this and some wrestling moves too, since I have to draw them. <laughs> so it's it's been, you know, interesting to see a whole new, whole new world. Not to quote like Ariel, I think, but <laughs> yeah. I was
2: thinking the same thing. Oh my god. <laughs> Thanks. One, one of those things about all this is you end up discovering, you know, like, you know, we just said, you know, discovering new things through all of this. And out of all of them, who is your favorite to do the art of, you know, draw?
1: Um, I think I haven't really gotten past the roughs except for like the four Kickstarter pages. I just finished the roughs like two nights ago. Um, but Hmm. I think maybe Danhausen. Even though Warhausen is the main character of the book, if i if that's not too much of a giveaway um, about what the story will be like, but um, yeah, Danhausen like is really just he's more out there, I think, than Warhausen, and he has a more like like energetic poses. I think that I can that I can uh, draw in there, and, and I feel like he's a comedic relief. I don't know if it's like that in the live action original. Stuff, but but uh, I I think like I think he's my favorite to to draw,
2: yeah. He kind of reminds me, you know, from the stuff I've seen of him, it's almost like we we heard uh, Jason describe him as like a Conan O'Brien type, but I feel like it's Conan O'Brien meets Freakazoid, you know, and yeah. there's just something about that spastic, strange energy about all of it that really resonates for myself as someone with massive ADHD, and <laughs> you know, so just seeing that kind of character it's fun and yeah i would imagine like you just said you know drawing those bombastic kind of poses that's cool to see and i would yeah. i would say it's off you know just the characters themselves lend so much to the over the topness of what comics can be
1: they're very expressive in the comics <laughs> without giving oh, yeah. too much away again but yeah they're very expressive <laughs> Now very we're energetic. Page
2: three, panel two. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do a lot of crazy things in the book. Um, and maybe I'll give one thing away. Like there's there's alligator wrestling at one point, which is I think Vineyard. on the Kickstarter, so that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're, like they're very—they have a lot of energy for <laughs> for sure.
2: Now, in regards to, you know, like a lot of the comics that, you know, you you mentioned, like with Walking Dead and whatnot, what would Mm -hmm. you say is like with stuff like that, the main thing that brought you in for that, that caught your attention the most?
1: Well, I think, I remember I was like in the bathroom one day. (laughs) This is a great way to start this. Um, But I was in the bathroom at at school, um, at my high school, and my friend was there. And I was like, have you seen The Walking Dead? It's such a great show. Um, And she's like, you know, it's based on a comic. I was like, what? Really? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I can lend you some. So, yeah, she lent me some some of her books, um, some some image books, uh, uh, Nowhere Men included. And and, um, after reading them, after reading The Walking Dead, um, I I love Tony Moore's art for, like, the first volume. uh, And I think... Like the look of his stuff really, really brought me into like thinking, like, well, I, I could try this. I, I would, I, like, I could do something like this. He has very expressive, you know, characters. And, um, you know, I really like that uh, for sure. Yeah.
2: And you just mentioned with Tony Morzart. Personally, I think, like, I, it bummed me out so much when Tony left the title after the first, I think, six or so issues and they yeah. switched over to Charlie Adler, which. Charlie's a great artist in his own right, but oh yeah, man, there was just something about Tony's art that led to so many great moments and just like very visceral within that first few issues alone
1: yeah um, it, yeah, it was I think his is a little more like animated in like a in like a i don't want to say cartoony because that's not correct but like as a little more expressive um. Uh, Charlie, it definitely has, like, the dark stuff happening. And I love them both. Like, I've read, you know, definitely past the, the first volume. Uh, but I think, yeah, Tony had, had, that, um, had that going for him. Because I, I remember, like, one page, I think it was maybe the last page, like, where they're kind of kneeling in the woods. And uh, I think Rick is hugging Carl, and they're, like, kind of crying. And it was really... Like, that still stuck with me since since I first read it, like, years ago. So it was really cool.
2: For me, with that run, the one moment that, like, sticks out the most is...
1: Because
2: uh, mm. I believe that was in that arc, the first six issues or so, with uh, Carl shooting... What's his name? The one who would be played by John Bernthal on the show. And you just see the line of, You leave my daddy alone. And it's just the the impact of that, you know? Yeah. And it's very... It catches your attention, and yeah, that's why Walking Dead is like one of those series that. Yeah, did it go a little too long? Like I know the show has, but like Mm -hmm. the book still led, especially the first 100 minutes or not 100 minutes, first 100 issues. It keeps you going and going and going. And oh, yeah. it was very it's very much like, you know, it's the definition of what a page-turner can be. And with those, you know, with that run especially, there's just a lot of great stuff. And like I said, I keep going back to it, though. The Tony Moore stuff is so great. And have you ever checked out his stuff he's done for Marvel as well?
1: Yes. Um, I've read his Venom stuff in... And- Wait, have I registered? I see. I should. I don't know if I just lied there. Um, but I, I, read his Deadpool stuff for sure. Yeah.
2: The Wait. Deadpool stuff was what made me fall in love with his stuff. The Dead President okay. is so great, especially the yeah. uh, Pantera, um, something, something minutes of Hell song. And like, I forgot how he does it, but it's like him just killing every single zombie president set to a Pantera <laughs> song, and yeah. it's one of the best.
1: Yeah. So one was like, oh, it's overrated and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'll have my own opinion. I think it's great. <laughs> you know? Um,
2: that, yeah. I don't. That's one of those things yeah. that, you know, drives me nuts. Like the whole, you know, don't like this because it's overrated. Yeah. I like what you want to like.
1: Right. Yeah. So it's, it, I, which I, I stick to that for sure. I'm like, I'm like, I'm very into what I'm into. And I don't think, You don't. Someone can sway my perception of 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 something if if they don't like it. If if that's their opinion, which is just their opinion, you
0: know. So, fine. Right. Uh, Megan, if left to your own devices, and I think you said you're you lean towards horror type characters and stuff. Are there any characters that maybe you've liked to have drawn or would you know as as far as sketching on your own, not for commercial, but for other things that you would enjoy, even if it was just a method of you know, being in your happy place and uh, that kind of thing. Are there any characters that you are fond of and would like to, just for fun, draw and stuff? or?
1: Um. Yeah, for sure. Um, Horror-type stuff, I think, would be um, Alien, mm-hmm. uh, for fun or for, like, officially, because I really want to do it officially. Mm-hmm. Um, since I've been doing so much for Dark am I'm, I'm hoping that they'll, like, they'll give in and be... Be like, okay, okay. Do one variant cover one, and I'll be like, that's good enough, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I love like Alien. I love Ellen Ripley. I love Sigourney Weaver. She's my absolute favorite. So um, to draw any any Alien type stuff would be great, even if it's just an egg, just one slimy egg. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good. Even the, just an egg.
1: <laughs> just one egg. On the topic
2: of Alien. On the topic of alien, have you uh, ever checked out the Walt Simonson uh, adaptation of it? I don't believe so no it's so good. I highly recommend it like it's it came out like I think around the time it was uh it was i think a heavy metal uh, magazine adaptation and oh wow it's incredible. the coloring especially on it it's like like chef kiss mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's one of those well, that I cannot recommend enough
1: very cool. I actually got a few books from Dark Horse just free of charge. Like It was really nice of them, but they, they knew um, I loved aliens, so they sent me, like, um, Johnny Christmas's run. They sent me the... I don't know how to say this word. Omnibus, I think I got that right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, in, in another book, I can't remember what it is, <laughs> because it's been on my shelf for a while, but, mm. um, you know, I... That was really great of them, and, like, I'm just so excited. And I started to read Johnny's book, but I got scared I was going to, like, crease it or something, so I put it back on the shelf because it's just, it's just so beautifully done. Yeah.
0: That sounds like a to-be-continued type of thing, yeah. Any other th- yeah. Any other ones that, besides Alien, that you um, have drawn in your spare time, like I said, for fun, or any others you'd like to get to do?
1: Right. Um Hmm, like, whatever, I can't think of something to draw. I just, I don't know, I just randomly go to um, Burnside Batgirl or Wonder Woman or Supergirl. They just, they just come to me so easily, Um, like, but that's usually if I'm under pressure to draw something, you know. Um, Stuff I want to draw is, like, I think more Witcher fan art, (laughs) because I really got into the game. I didn't like it at first, but I did get into it. And, um, now, like, I'm judging the characters, even though I'm not even playing the game, but <laughs> right now, um, like, that's how into it I am. So, uh, I think getting to draw Witcher stuff, or, um, uh, more Star Wars stuff. I love Star Wars too. Like, that would be, that would be fun for me. And that's what I like to do kind of in my free time as well. Just kind of, It's it's relaxing to just do do fan art in my free time. So
2: yeah. And in regards to fan art, did you partake in the? uh, Because it's been you know going around virally on social media in the past couple of weeks, the uh, Mm. six characters that you know are requested of you to do fan art of.
3: Like a little block. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm doing it. Um. I did my first six. Just I posted the last one yesterday. And uh, I'll be posting them all together because I've been posting them single in singles um, right now. So, like, the first one was, like, uh, I can't remember. Oh, well. Um, I know I said Pennywise, uh, Tracer from Overwatch, uh, and Harley Quinn was my first one, yeah. Um, nice. Wow. Yeah, so I'm doing six, and then I'm going to do another six of less popular characters. Yeah. Just to kind of give them a spotlight
2: too. Yeah, And it's cool to see that element of the uh, the fan community where, you know, we can all see these characters get done in all these, you know, variety of ways. And mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to see what the future holds with the next couple of trends on social media with the art community, you know, because it, mm-hmm. it lends us the ability to see some cool stuff.
1: Right, yeah, for sure. Like, I think there was like draw this in your style, and then Inktober and all that. Not in that order, but, like, those Those are really cool events uh, I like to see my, my friends do, because they don't usually take part in challenges, but I really love seeing, like, what what people produce, uh, for sure.
0: You mentioned Pennywise, Megan. Is there um, a preference to either version of, of It? And I'm assuming you've seen both.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I watched the first sorry, uh the first new movie and then I watched the um mini series. Um <laughs> I know the min- miniseries mini series is a little older, but mm-hmm. uh Pennywise like that voice is kind of like awkward for me. <laughs> uh, and uh yeah, and then it chapter two. Got a little weird but I still liked it. Um I, I was so excited to see it. I'm a big fan of
0: this uh, of Stephen King, so yeah, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Cool. I'm a fan also. I'm not a, not an uber fan, and I got several books to catch up on, and, have, mm-hmm. and catch up to that version of it as well uh, on video, anyway, or DVD, okay. I should say. But um, that that current Pennywise character definitely a, a bit more cranked up than than the Tim Curry one. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Bill Skarsgård did a really good job. I, I, I did watch the Castle Rock just because he was in it, so yeah. uh, which again he did a good job with. So it was pretty cool. All
2: right, Megan. Before we go, how can people get a hold of you on social media?
1: My Twitter and Instagram uh, usernames are both at Megan Wong Five, um, so they can reach me. Reach me there. I'm also on Facebook. Just type in my name, and I should come up with like a a Picture of a, a girl holding a lightsaber, and, and that should that's me, yeah. <laughs> oh, I,
0: have to ask. I, I think that uh, I like it too, but I think there's going to be probably several of those.
1: But like, May, if you look up Megan Wong specifically, and then...
0: there we go.
2: I have to ask Seth or Jedi,
1: yeah, it's a Jedi,
2: <laughs> okay. Cause I, I, does that make sure which uh, side of the uh, force you lean on?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's based off of my uh, galaxy's edge trip, actually. So, um from the lightsaber I built, and, yes, I, I got some robes from, like, the Black Sparrow outpost. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a bit of a, how, been a nerd.
2: I have to ask, how was Galaxy's Edge, by the way?
1: Before, like, the virus closed it all down, it was really great. Um,
2: <laughs> I can <was laughs> imagine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, it I was really cool. I nothing... Yeah, like, they have, I didn't get to go on Rise of the Resistance, because, very exclusive, at the time, at least, but, um, yeah, the Millennium Falcon ride and, um, you know, the food there and the, and the little shops they had were very immersive and it made you feel like you're part of the world, and, which is, I think, really hard to do to, like, trick people into thinking they're, they're actually there. So, um, like, it was a really, really great experience to be a part of.
2: It's such a bummer right now, by the way, because they're saying it's not going to be opening up, they expect, until maybe next year.
1: Yeah, but and I want to go back.
2: I've, <laughs> I've never been, and it's it's on my uh, list of goals that I want to accomplish. Well, show Joe, a tip.
1: If you um, want to go build, like, a lightsaber or a droid, you have to do a reservation in, in like, months in advance, at least right oh, now. Geez. Um, just because, like, everyone wants to do it and it gets booked up. And if you're a walk-in, you might not be able to do it if that's something that interests you guys. So, yeah, I got lucky because we made reservations, but, yeah.
2: So, for The Marvelists, I'm Peter Malnick.
1: I'm Megan Wong.
0: And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior! (laughs) Obsessed with Marvel. Part one in this two part episode. Jason Doring is still with us. Thank you again. 2040, that's 2040 is the question number, which reads Who was Michael Badalino? Was he Vengeance, Snowbird, Death Watch, or Blackout? This sounds familiar. Who was Michael Badalino? Vengeance, Snowblind. Shh. (laughs) Don't interrupt your elder. Vengeance, Snowblind, Death Watch, or Blackout?
2: I think it was Mr. and Mrs. Batolino's Child.
0: <sighs> Correct, but it's not one of the answers <laughs> to choose from. Ding, 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 ding,
3: ding. <sighs> This is a really deep cut. Uh, I mean, I can yeah. guess Blackout.
0: It's deep if you're not too familiar with the uh, Danny Ketch Ghost Rider, if I'm not mistaken.
3: No, I'm not a Ghost Rider guy, unfortunately. Uh-huh.
0: Okay, Peter, would you like a...
2: I barely remember, and I'm going to have to go with blackout as well.
0: You go right ahead. I'm going to choose. uh, That's D. I'm going with letter A as vengeance. That is the correct answer. What do you guys know? Well, la-dee-da. That's exactly right. Let let this computer chip thingy think of something else to talk about here. All right. 1,817. All right. It's a uh, lengthy one because it's got a story to go along with it. Oh, I'm wrong. It's the one above it. Okay, oh, 1817, that's the question number. What was the name of Bruce Banner's college girlfriend in The Incredible Hulk, number 226, which is out in 1978? Okay, Betty, April, Sally, or Jenny? Bruce Banner's college girlfriend in The Incredible Hulk, 226. And, of course, I assume somebody minor because I did read this in the day. Betty... April, Sally, Jenny. It could not be Jenny. And I think
2: I, the reason they throw Jenny in there is, what is the name
1: of this cousin?
0: Well, Jennifer, but mm. that, that was a lot later.
3: All right, for the sake of having a different answer, I'll go see Sally. You're going to go um, Sally, okay. Yeah, it'll, it'll, I am it's got to be alliteration. It's got to be. Alliteration.
0: You're going to Sally, okay, and Peter's now moving to Sally, okay.
3: All right, well, I'll do Jenny then. It's one. <laughs> But it's not Betty, obviously. I'll take not, the one
0: you don't take. That's what it's coming yeah. down to. I, I think it's not uh, what do Betty. I do? That was just a plant kind of thing. I think Betty's just, uh, well, we knew there was a Betty, but it's not his college girlfriend, I don't think. Um, I'll go to Sally C. That is the correct answer. Holy crud. I didn't know that on purpose. One more, because we're two for two we got to break this streak. <laughs> All right, 1876, what a year it was. It's 100 years before Bicentennial. 1876 says, in which war did the Punisher serve? Okay, I think we got this. The First Gulf War, World War II, Vietnam, or Korea?
2: John, while that's playing, or while Eddie reads the question, please play some Creedence Clearwater revival over that just, you know, to make myself laugh. (laughs)
0: Like what? (sighs) Like what CCR? Uh, Fortunate Son. Fortunate Son. Okay, fine. In which war (laughs) did the Punisher serve? First Gulf War, World War II, Vietnam, or Korea?
3: The original one was definitely Vietnam. I'm sure they changed it since then to keep up with the times, but it was definitely Vietnam.
0: Ooh, you know, I never thought that they would do that. Changed the the war that the Punisher would have, yeah.
2: Eddie, we did have an episode where we talked about that.
0: Yeah, About changing, mm. I am, I'm inclined it, to go they, with Vietnam myself. But. that so was Nixon. So, oh, let me make one thing perfectly clear. I am not a president. <clears throat> what do you say, Especially Peter? now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say Vietnam. Let her see. Thank goodness it's correct. I think we should quit while we're ahead and be three for three. Thank you. End part one. Mm. Obsessed with Marvel, part two of the same episode, with our guest, Megan Wong. Thank you, Megan, for sticking around. No problem. Question number 471 goes like this. Who was not a member of the original Enforcers? Okay. Was it Man Mountain Marco? The Ox? Fancy Dan or Montana? First one. Not, you say? I hate the Enforcers. They're so boring. <laughs> oh,
1: no, I haven't just, read any Enforcers stuff. So I am going to say Fancy Dan because that sounds fun.
0: Okay, so again, who was not a member of the original Enforcers? Was it Man, Mountain, Marco, the Ox, Fancy Dan, or Montana? I mean, I kind of recognize all the names myself, and I think, were there four altogether that were in the Enforcers? Do we remember this much?
2: I think there was I think there was three because it's what's his name Big Montana the Arby sandwich I guess um what else um Fancy Dan because he has that stupid whip the you know the
0: lasso okay
2: and uh, what was the other
0: one the ox and the one you said was Man Mountain yeah, Marco the,
2: yeah the big boy the ox is the big boy
0: yeah so you're thinking. We're between Man Mountain Marco and Fancy Dan as being choices, so um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I would pick D, but that means we're we're all over the place here, so I'm just going to throw in it because I got the book. I'm going to throw on down at D. No, it's not D. The answer is Man Mountain Marco. Peter is the winner. Who'd oh. have thought? Mm-hmm. All oh, right. Well. But I guess they Um, had other um, uh, versions, I suppose, the way that question seems to be uh, directing. I don't know. Let's go ahead. Let's try our second one. And it's 2223. Comes under the heading or characterization of something of, of, yeah, it's all Marvel, Eddie, come on. Cosmic characters. (laughs) Here we go. Sit back, true believers. Let me tell you a story. In the 31st century of an alternate future, a reptilian-alien race called the Badoon conquered the Earth and its colonized planets. A band of freedom fighters arose, known as the Guardians of the Galaxy, created by writer Arnold Drake and artist Gene Colan in Marvel Superheroes number 18 from 1969. Their leader was Major Vance Astro, a 20th century astronaut who survived through suspended animation. His cohorts included the super-strong Charlie-27 from Jupiter, Martinex, a crystalline humanoid from Pluto, and Yandu, an archer from Beta Centauri. Later, they were joined by Nikki, a girl from Mercury with flame for hair, and the mysterious superhuman mutant Starhawk. Steve Gerber wrote their adventures in Marvel Presents, and Jim Valentino wrote and drew the 1980s Guardians of the Galaxy comic. In 2008, the writing team of Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning introduced a new version of the Guardians of the Galaxy uniting a number of Marvel's cosmic characters. The question, which character organized the Abnet Lanning Gardens of the Galaxy?
2: I've read these, so
0: I know. Okay, so is it Adam Warlock, Star-Lord, who? Rocket Raccoon, or Bug? The Abnet Lanning Gardens of the Galaxy 2008 would be right. What what character mm-hmm. organized this grouping? Adam Warlock, Star Lord, Rocket Raccoon, or Bug? So before Adam Peter, Adam Warlock. Is it Adam? You're saying oh. Adam Warlock? Mm-hmm. Okay, I wasn't sure if that was a serious answer. Uh, Megan,
1: <laughs> well, he seems to know. So I'm gonna coffee him it's Adam Warlock. Yeah, I was
0: yeah. gonna. I was being drawn to Star Lords. So that's his, his a number one character. But yeah. uh, Adam Warlock, because I really have not too much of a clue. I definitely know. That it's not Bug who was part of the Micronauts that I recall, unless there was another character named Bug. So let's go with Adam Warlock. And the answer is not Adam Warlock, it's Star, <laughs> it is Star Lord. I can't believe that. I was almost oh gonna my, throw this I book, I was
1: gonna say
0: it. I was, I should have you know. oh, when I first read the question. I said, Oh, Star Lord, you know, oh, Peter, yeah. Peter, Peter, Peter. <gasps>
1: That's trickery,
0: Megan. How could he do this to us? Yeah,
1: I don't know. I, I don't know either. I was going to say it, too. It was a good guess.
0: You think you know a guy for a year-plus and in podcasting, and this happens. <laughs>
1: <Betrayal. sighs> I don't to
2: tell you.
0: Then don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, All yeah. right. Our third question. Thank goodness. Question number 32. That's 0032 to you. Which mm. of the following places has not been a site for the Inhumans' great refuge, the city of Attilan or Atalan which has not been a site for the Great Refuge. The Blue Area of the Moon, Atlantis, the Andes Mountains, or the Himalayan Mountains. So three of these have been the Inhumans Great Refuge locale, but one has not been. The Blue Area of the Moon, Atlantis, the Andes Mountains, or the Himalayan Mountains. I'm ruling out Uh, the Blue Area of the Moon for sure. I think that was the first place that they had...
1: I saw the like part of the first episode of Inhumans the other day.
0: Oh, so oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. I saw them on the moon. I'm sorry to hear that.
1: <laughs> <sighs> yeah.
0: It was all right. Come on. Eddie well, Wilson, mo- the one
2: who thought Fantastic Four uh, 2015, was an okay movie.
0: I told you my three <laughs> points about it was so bad. But anyway. Yeah. Right. So it when was, the- yeah. 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 Some of, either it was in the yeah. mountains or Atlantis. Were they breathing underwater? I don't know. Were they you know, does that rule it out? I don't know.
1: I think Atlantis was like a false one.
0: You think Atlantis is the answer here?
1: Yeah. Peter. This is like the wrong, one, yeah.
2: Mhm. Yeah, I think that's a that is false.
0: Yeah. All right, let's try yeah. let's try Atlantis for lack of further thinking on it. No, it's not Atlantis. It's the Andes Mountains was not one of their great refuge places. And if we weren't done then we're done now. Thank you.
3: Yeah.